Hello, lovely ladies, and welcome to Zion's Company of Women podcast. I'm Lana. And I'm Courtney. And it's wonderful to have you with us today. Good morning, Courtney. Good afternoon. Good evening. I'll just cover every base. <laughs> just, just hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. How are How you doing? doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm enjoying a nice cup of coffee. Hello. The sun is shining outside. And uh, yeah, it's a good day. It's a good day. How about you? Good word. It is a good day. I'm, I'm good. I'm excited. I'm ready to get into our kind of this new series that we're going to jump into. Um, this has been one that, you know, you and I've talked about for a while now. Um, but didn't really feel the, the green light just yet. Um, until now, I guess I should say. So, um, should I tell everybody what we're doing? Should I, should I just let the cat out of the bag already? Cause yeah. <laughs> we've just been sitting with it for so long. I think so. And ladies, let me just tell you when Courtney told me, messaged me and said, Hey, the Lord's led me to this story. And this is what I've been hearing and seeing. Oh my goodness me. Like mm. it is a, it's a word, it's a word, it's a word. So I just yeah. want to say get ready because yeah I, I can feel God is going to do some great things and uh, we're going to yeah. take what six episodes five or six episodes so yeah yeah story so yes, yes. let the cat out of the bag Courtney let's oh, dive in okay well we're just going to be talking about Jacob and we're going to be talking about his um Jacob's ladder encounter that he has there um and I'm going to actually read this first episode. I'm going to read the entire story. Um, it's chapter 28, and it's going to start in verse 10. And I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. And I want to, to read it first off, just from start to finish, because the Lord does this funny thing with me sometimes where he'll show me a, a person or a chapter or an event in the Word. And um, it's like he zooms out just a little bit, and he starts to show us different things about um it's a roadmap that he leads yeah. you through but but there's a lot of things that he shows about himself and how he operates and his nature and his ways and this just happens to be another one of those ones um where he does this so if it's okay with you Lana, i'm just going to jump in and i'm going to start reading and it's chapter 28 starts in verse 10 and it's mm -hmm. going to go all the way through to the end um just before chapter 29 starts. So, okay. It's called, and I love the way that Brian Simmons says this in the passion translation. Uh, it's called the escalator of eternity, which is just oh, incredible. So much better than Jacob's ladder. <laughs> it's the escalator of eternity. Yes. Lord speak. Oh, <laughs> Here we go. Take a ride. Um, verse 10, it says Jacob left Beersheba and journeyed towards Haran. He encountered a certain place at sunset and camped there for the night. He took a stone from there and made it his pillow. Now, I don't know how many uh, hotel rooms you've stayed in, Lana. I've stayed in some sketchy ones. Um, yes. But I don't can't say that I've ever used a uh, stone as a pillow. No. <laughs> but we'll continue. <laughs> he took a stone from there and made it his pillow, and he laid down to sleep. He had a dream of a stairway securely fixed on the earth and reaching into heaven. In his dream, messengers of God were ascending and descending on the stairway. 
And Yahweh stood beside him and said to him, I am Yahweh, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. You are lying on the very ground that I will give to you and your descendants. They will become as numerous as the specks of dust on the earth, and they will extend their territory in all directions. Through you and your descendants, I will bless the whole world. Never forget, I am always with you and will protect you wherever you go. And one day I will bring you back to this land where I will neither leave you nor fail to fulfill every word I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from this dream, he said, Yahweh is here. He is in this place and I didn't realize it. Terrified and overwhelmed, he said, how awesome is this place. I have stumbled right in. This place is a portal, the very gate of heaven. And took the stone that he had under his head and set it up as a pillar and anointed it by pouring oil over the top of it. He named that place Bethel, though the city was once called Luz. Then Jacob committed himself to God, saying, I will, or excuse me, if you will always be with me and protect me on this long journey, and if you give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, and if I return safely to my father's house, then Yahweh, you will be my God. See, I have set up this sacred stone pillar, and it will be your house, God. I promise to set aside a tenth of all that you give me, excuse me, of all that you give me as my gift to you. Mm. And it concludes there with that encounter. Um, there's so much in this one story. Um, yeah, I want to start, if it's okay, Lana, I want to just start at the top here and just say, um, you know, Jacob, when he got to this place where he laid down to take a nap, he wasn't in the best <laughs> circumstances. He had just um, deceived his father and he was fleeing from his brother Esau. And so he's on the run. It's not like he finds himself in, in the greatest of circumstances, but that's what leads him to this place to begin with. Um, and I've just really felt that, you know, in the, in the time that we're coming in, the time that we're in, you know, dreams are, are, they very much are a divine way of communicating with us. And I feel like it's one of those things where the Lord kind of cuts through a lot of the nonsense um, to speak clearly to us. Sometimes he has to knock me out. Like I have to be sleeping before yeah. <laughs> I can hear, <laughs> hear clearly. And that's just life, you know, but I love mm -hmm. that. I love that this encounter came through a dream. I just, that right there automatically that speaks to me, the grace of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I think as well, Courtney, um, we talk like I touched a little bit on this in our first episode, like the episode last week, um, about 2024 and it being a year really of um, divine intel as well. And I think that like I just I love that even in my own journey, a lot of the intel and revelation from the Lord has come in those night hours for me, like in those those um, beautiful spaces of rest and sleep and uh, and the way that he speaks. And there's such an incredible um, place of encounter um, that happens in that dream space. And, uh, mm -hmm. and even before we dive into like looking deeply into 
um, this story, I think this year, I think we're going to see an increase in dreams and we're going to see oh, an yes. increase intel and the revelation uh, that the Lord is releasing uh, to his people. And I, I just want to say this because, Courtney, when you said that just then about dreams, immediately this, this word fell on me and, uh, and I heard the Lord say, uh, there are some listening that in the last season, your dreams have been a place where there has been a lot of torment. There's been a lot of fear in your dreams. And, uh, and I heard the words like night terrors. And I heard the Lord say, Lana, prophesy over them that in 2024, there is a turning of their dreams. There is a restoration of dreams that I am releasing into their life, that now that dream space is not going to be a space at night where you go to bed in a foreboding or you go to bed in a place of anxiety, but there is a rest and an expectancy that God is bringing you into like a child of like, what are you going to show me tonight, Lord? This yeah. one more. There's, I really felt that, Courtney, when you were speaking. I'm like, oh, yeah. and the Lord said, prophesy the restoration of dreams and the encounter with me in the dream space. So if that's you, yeah. I encourage you, receive it by faith. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Amen. I love that. And I and I love that from this place of dreams, encounter and rest, like from mm -hmm. that place comes mm -hmm. that that foundational establishing that we see that he does in Jacob. And it comes then comes also this gateway and and this portal that the Lord reveals to mm -hmm. him and makes him aware of that's already there. And this is also the place where his identity begins to shift like his identity begins to be become reborn and he begins to become renamed because without mm -hmm. this encounter right here starting here we wouldn't have gotten to the place where he wrestles with the lord and and he's completely renamed so this is the beginning of something very important mm -hmm. um oh, and i i do want sorry. to say too yes can i no go ahead sorry. Go no, no, yes, yeah. sorry no 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 those words that just hit when you said Ladies, those words, Courtney, when you just said this is the beginning of something important, I felt the anointing. Mm. And I just want to say before Courtney even goes into what she's about to share, oh, my goodness, I feel the weight of the Lord. This is the beginning of something important. This is the beginning of this life-changing encounter, this space, this season, this year. This is the beginning of a trajectory that is is gonna be off the charts. Like I just I felt it, Courtney. I had to stop you. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I feel the anointing no. words. Yeah. So keep going. I love that. I yes, I just I actually want to start us, you know, we're going to do the series is going to be a couple episodes long. Um because the Lord showed me to break down the things that he revealed in the dream to Jacob about himself. But I think before we do that, before we get into that that first part there, Lana, I want to talk about this place of um, his pillow and the pillar. Um, yes. You know, Brian Simmons does such a beautiful job in the in the footnotes. And if you don't have the Genesis translation or the Passion translation of the Genesis, I highly encourage you to get it. Uh, there's so much gold. I think there's more footnotes in there, about as much as foot space for footnotes as there is for. For scripture in there because he's he's pulling out so much gold that's within it but um he he goes back to talk about you know jacob putting down a rock and that's his mm -hmm. pillow 
Um, and he mm -hmm. says in the footnotes, like, how many times have we been led to an uncomfortable place in life only to encounter the Lord? Have you said, looking back over your life, truly the Lord was, was really was in all I went through and I didn't even know it. And it's, he says, we often discover that he is where we do not think he would be. You may have a divine visitation anywhere. Ordinary places can become holy places. And then he pins this one line that about knocked me over when I first read it. And it says here, he builds a pillar from his pillow. He builds a pillar from his pillow, that hard place, that rock place, which for many of us can resemble rock bottom, but it's also the rock, which is Jesus. Like from that place comes a pillar. And, and I just, I, I sat with that Lana, like that was all that I wrote. And I sat with that for a long time. He builds a pillar from his pillow and from the pillar, a city was renamed and a city was born. And from that same place, a man began to realize who the Lord was. Like there was a revealing that was happening there within, within Jacob. There was a portal that was clearly open that had been established before him, but that was, he was being made aware of what it was that was around him. And there's so much linked to this that has to do with territories and the spaces that the Lord puts us in and the forerunners that have gone before us, but also the authority that we have to open up places with the Lord simply by being there. But I want to stay, <laughs> excuse me, I want to stay just on this if I can for a while. He builds a pillar from his pillow. And I want, what does that speak to you, Lana? Because I just, I feel like I could sit with that for days. <laughs> oh, my friend, I remember the first time that you shared that with me. Um, I think I, I said to you, okay, I, I can't move now. Like the weight yeah, of that one line <laughs> was it just, it landed on me so heavy. And I feel like when you first told me that there was so much that came to me all at once that I sat there thinking this one sentence is multi-layered in revelation. Like it, mm -hmm. it is, there's so many layers of revelation from this. And um, I just want to say this, like there is a place that I believe that God is bringing us into as the body of Christ, that is a place of rest in him that we have not entered into before. And I think that place of rest is very um, multi-layered. So I have, as I've sat with this, I have been seeing that there is a rest that God is wanting to bring that is in the form of refreshment uh, to many that have walked through, <clears throat> excuse me, like really hard seasons. They've been really weary. They've had, you know, really difficult times. There's this place of rest that in this place of refreshment. Then I see that there's this rest that God is bringing that is, um, is the rest of faith in this place of like, no striving and then I see this rest that is being birthed in God's people that comes from that's almost like a, a fruit of encounter it's a place of transformation uh, or a fruit of transformation that happens and so I love this because I think right now um, as I look at that I just I see so much grace like I see so much grace in this space um, 
and an invitation for us as God's people that as we rest and we're in that place of encounter with him, that place is a place of birthing. Like from that place, like I ascend, and from that place there's this a birthing of what God has planned that takes place from that very space. Um, I think it's really interesting that, um, you know, in the, the Passion Translation, Courtney, that Brian uses that word pillow because for me pillow doesn't really um, speak anything else to me but a place of resting and a place of resting your head. Um, and, and part of me as well, like when I think of rest, I'm like, yeah, that's where I lay my head to sleep at night. And I know this is crazy and I'm not saying this is what's in the story. This was just my own ponderings. But I was like, Lord, that place of resting, like it's not my foot that's on the pillow, it's my head that I rest on the pillow. And there was something that God began to stir in me about my own um my own thoughts, my own trying to work things out, my own mm-hmm. like what goes on between my ears, like there is a, a a rest that God is bringing that happens between my ears where I move further into the mind of Christ and this mm-hmm. place of, I guess, laying down my own thoughts and my own, ex- like, you know what I mean? Like when we try and assume yes. and presume things. Um, there was just something, I know that's not what's in the story, but in my own pondering, I was like, no, it's actually my head, no, it that's is. On the yeah. my hand on my foot. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. I love that you said that. This is, is so good because in the I'm going to read the footnotes to you again um, out of the Passion Translation on uh, verse 11. It says, um, Jesus is the anointed stone on whom we lay our head. To lay <sighs> your head represents your thoughts and your dreams. And to lay oh your head goodness. on him is to discover the beauty of God. Well, there when you the, go. There, you, there oh, it is. No, no. You're, yeah. It says when, when the anointing of Jesus fills our head or our mind, uh, mm-hmm. we will see heaven opened with fresh revelation and perceive the visions of God. Okay. You can't make that up because <laughs> like, no. before we record, I said to Courtney, I don't know where my passion translation is, so I I'm, I don't have it. And she's like, do you want to go look for it? I'm like, no, 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 it will take too long. I'll just sit here with my yep. New King James Version. Oh, my goodness. I have there it not is. read <laughs> That is amazing. I love that. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I think that, you know, Lana, I love that you were talking about rest too because to me, I do, I do think that when I think of pillow, I think of rest. It's where you're supposed to put your head down. And, you know, if it's, you have an uncomfortable pillow, you're not going to sleep well. Um, so to me, I do, I do think that that represents rest. But I also see like, you know, this is sort of a journey that's just begun for, for Jacob. Um, and it began with rest. It began in that place of sleep and of rest and of dreaming. Um, and I, I really felt so strongly when I was pondering this and just sitting with it, the Lord said, you know, Courtney, give me the margin. And he was really pointing out, like, if I can do this, if I can take a pillow and transform it into a pillar, um, what do you think that I'm going to do with your pillow or your margin that you give me? Um, Come on. What might he birth within us as we allow ourselves to rest and I've really mm-hmm. felt that. Um, I felt that as the year has come to the previous year, 2023 has come to a close. 
very mm. much felt him saying, um, now's the time to really rest. Um, mm. And I think that it's, we, we sometimes I see that as being, you know, we have a tendency to see that as being unproductive, but it's actually mm. quite productive. It's quite purposeful when we purposefully allow mm. ourselves to rest with him. Mm. Yeah. Can I ask you, what does that look like for you? So when you're talking yep. about rest, are you talking about physical rest? Are you talking about emotional rest? Like what, what type of faith rest? What do you, what, what does that look like for you? Yeah. Um, I think it's all the above. Cause you know, I think sometimes living, living life in general, or if there's something that we're, you know, we're holding sometimes if there's something that we're interceding for, um, it's just kind of something we continually carry within us. And after a while, like that's, you need to rest, you need to break from things. Um, I have a tendency to, to think on something until I feel like I've kind of gone through it. And the Lord is showing me over the years that that's not always how he works. <laughs> so there is that <laughs> mental place of saying, okay, I am not mm -hmm. going to think about this right now. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm either coming to an impasse with something. I've thought all mm -hmm. the thoughts I can think. Um, and I just need to let this sit to the side for a while so that what needs to filter down into my spirit is actually being given time and space to filter down. I know it's that way with you. And it's definitely that way with me with revelation. Sometimes the Lord will give you a dream or he will give you a revelation. And it's like, this is so much. Um, and it's so wonderful. And there does come a time where you say, okay, I'm going to close my journal and I close my mm -hmm. Bible. I'm going to put that there and I'm going to go do the dishes yeah. or I'm going to yeah. go, you know, hang out with my kids or I'm going to go watch a basketball game or whatever it might be. Um, mm -hmm. that place of letting something rest because it's been sown. And I think that mm -hmm. that's important too. When we think of rest, I, I think often maybe it's just the season that I'm in physically here um, being winter, but that's the mm -hmm. time for the ground to rest. And it's not mm -hmm. unproductive. A lot of times we think of it as being unproductive because something's not actively growing out of it. But really what mm -hmm. it's doing is it's allowing nutrients and things like that to filter down into it the things that need to decompose that actually make the soil rich, all that's going on, you know, under and slightly above the surface, but it's a rest and it's needed. And when we don't let those things happen, mm -hmm. what we want to produce, we can't. So mm -hmm. you were talking about grace. And I think that that's a huge theme, uh, mm -hmm. especially in the story, just the grace that comes with that physically as well um, as emotionally and mentally I'm a mom of four kids, so I have a tendency to just get on my feet and stay on my feet because mm -hmm. <laughs> I know for me, <laughs> the way that I'm wired, I'm like, don't sit down. That's how it gets you. You know, <laughs> don't sit down and then I'll think, oh, five minutes, you know, and then an hour goes by and I'm like, I should get up, but I just want to yeah. stay here and have another coffee. <laughs> so <laughs> it's allowing myself that mm -hmm. permission to, to lay down and even, um, like miracle of miracles, something happened the other day. I was so out of sorts. And mm -hmm. the Lord said to me, go late. Would you just go lay down? And I was like, fine. Cause I'm not a napper. I don't nap. I'm not a, I'm not a great yeah. napper. My husband is great. Like he can lay down and be out and he's, you know, wakes up super refreshed. And I'm the one that like wakes up, my hair's all jacked up. And I feel like yeah. I'm 
I don't know what year it is. Like, <laughs> so I tend to just not do that. But the Lord finally yeah. said to me, would you just go, you go lay down. So I got into my comfortable clothes. I lay down in miracle of miracles. Nobody woke me up. Like nobody yeah. for, like an, for like an uh, hour. I like woke up and I wasn't, I know I didn't feel gross. I didn't feel confused. Yeah. I was just awake and I, I came out and I was like, this is great. <laughs> Why don't I do this more often? I was nice to people after that and you know, just kind of set everything right in my world. But I, you know, it, it's contrary, I think, to uh, the world. Yeah. Uh, and what I kind of am used to. So I'm mm -hmm. learning. So mm -hmm. I hope that answers your question. Yes, it's mental rest at times. I'm not going to think about that right now. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's emotional rest. Um, if there's heavy things that you're plowing through, it'll mm -hmm. still be there. Like take, take a rest for a little bit. You don't have to have it all figured out right away. And then there's the physical as well. Yeah. So. I love that. Cause oh, there you go. it's 12, 12 here as, uh, as we're recording. Of <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. And I think especially right now, um, there are a lot of people who have been through a lot of very intense seasons and I continually, like, are still going through very intense moments. And uh, and I know you and I have had, my goodness, a plethora of conversations um, about how rest is so on the heart of the Lord. And I, I really feel like, um, you know, in, and I heard it while you were sharing too, like there is a holistic rest um, that God is wanting to bring. Like there's a rest of mind, there's a rest of heart, there's a, a, a physical rest because there's been a lot of uh, a lot of people who are feeling very depleted from the seasons. Yeah. They're feeling very weary. Um, there's a lot of, I, I've been really feeling this, um, this word regret lately, like that there's a mm -hmm. weight of regret uh, that a lot of people are feeling that is draining the life out of them that's causing them to feel very weary and the Lord's wanting to lift off the regret and and really bring his people into a place of rest and I love in this story um, Courtney in the footnotes um, of this Bible what did I say it was a uh, new King James version mm -hmm. yep spiritual Bible um it says here in Genesis 28, verses 10 to 22. Where did I read it? Hang on. I think I've lost it. Um, sorry. Oh, no, I read it somewhere. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, Jacob's dream emphasizes God's initiating grace as he, and this is, I love this, as he assures him that he is the Lord of the past and the future. Jacob was the third generation to receive the promises of the, um, where is it, Abrahamic covenant, not because he was righteous, but because of God's call and faithfulness to Abraham. Since Jacob had probably never heard God's voice before, the Lord identified himself by his prior relationship with Abraham and Isaac. Mm -hmm. and I just, I love these words here. Um, that he assures him that he is the Lord of the past and the future. Mm -hmm. And just as I read that, Courtney, there was this place of, I, I can't really even explain it, but it was like this, oh, like this exhale, mm -hmm. this, this beautiful rest that I could feel in the revelation that 
I, like that he is the Lord of the past and the future, you know, like yeah. the, the the bigness. That's not a <laughs> how big God is. I'm like, that's not a word. But, you know, like just there's a I feel like there's a, a rest even in the revelation that he is the God of your past. He is the God of your future. Mm-hmm. Like this is who I am. I'm the God of the generations. Like there's there's something about the revelation of how how big God is. And to even mm-hmm. think here where it says, since Jacob had probably never heard God's voice before, the Lord identified mm-hmm. himself as his prior by his prior relationship with Abraham mm-hmm. and Isaac. Mm-hmm. I think there's a mm-hmm. whole, yeah, there's a whole conversation in that. Yeah. But I just, I <laughs> there that. 100% is. Yeah. 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 And, and I, let's, let's jump into that because that's, that's the first. So the Lord said to me, as I was reading this, he said, um, I want you to notice what I tell Jacob in the dream and I want you to number them. So I go through mm-hmm. line by line and number them. And, um, one of the very first things that I wrote down, like number one, he says, he, he tells Jacob who he is. He says, mm-hmm. I am Yahweh. So he's introducing himself to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the God of, he says, I'm the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. And it blows my mind here because, and I think I said it earlier, we always know him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But this is the yeah. and Jacob moment. Yes. You know, we can't, it's important that we have the faith of of mothers and fathers that have gone before us, that it sets an example for us. But this is the crux of the gospel, that it is relationally based. The Lord is one-on-one relationally based. We can look at examples and we can learn and we can glean and take from those things. But the heart of who he is as Yahweh is, I want to know you and I want you to know me. So I'm going to introduce myself to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that this whole story of Jacob is Jacob coming into relationship with the Lord. Like you can read through his whole story and see the way that the Lord, this is, I said it at the beginning, this is a starting point because from here, mm-hmm. the Lord speaks a word to Jacob. He introduces himself and he says, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And then life happens. Mm-hmm. And then Jacob goes through process and you will see as you, as you, if you follow his story all the way through, you will see him wrestle with the Lord. You will see him take him in as his, as his own, and you'll see his name change and shift. But this is the beginning of the process. This is an introduction. And I really have felt very much lately when I sit with the Lord and when I hear his heart, when he tells me how he feels about something or what he's seeing, his desire is that people know him for who he is. So it's important that it's pivotal here that he says, I am Yahweh. Like he is introducing himself to us and to many in the church, he is introducing himself and reintroducing himself (laughs) to so many people that have, they've thought they they've had ideas that, that other people have, have stood in pulpits and told them about the Lord that I will just be very honest with you is not in line with his nature and is not in line with who he is. We've Mm -hmm. allowed you know, platitudes and little, little sayings and things like that to dictate or to, to filter, to be a lens through which we see and view the Lord. The time that we're coming into now and the time that the bride is in and the time that the church is in, we don't have time for the misunderstandings and the misthinkings of the Lord. This is a moment where he is coming in and he is 
like we said earlier, he is aligning things, he is correcting things, and he is bringing in them into order, but it begins first with who he is. So we, it, it will be difficult for us to move forward in all of the things that Jesus comes and lays out for us to do as a church if we do not have a clear and accurate view and understanding mm -hmm. of who the Lord is at his core. And, and that's, yeah. I'm not saying we can't, but I'm mm -hmm. saying it's important that when we have that foundation, and this is a foundational thing, um, that enables us to be able to go forward in the things that, in the development, in our own development, and then in the things that he lines up, lines out for us to do. Yeah, I love that. Oh my goodness. I, you're reminding me, Courtney, of um, before I wrote my book, I Hear the Lord Say New Era, and I was going through a series of encounters that the Lord was giving me, which then became the book. He said to me, Lana, there's a new era coming. He said, and when that new era comes, he said, I am going to reintroduce myself in many ways. And he began to go through different um, aspects of his nature that he was going to reintroduce himself in. And there were two kind of areas. It was either areas where he had been misrepresented, um, whether that was through teaching or through um circumstances where um, his people had walked through things and and then um, circumstance and the enemy had really um, caused them to believe lies about the Lord and his nature, like he was going to correct those things. But there was also this place of like the reintroduction uh, to his power and places where the process had really just, people had felt worn down by the process and almost had forgotten, hey, this is who, who he is. And so that word reintroduction has been very strong, like in my heart and my spirit for such a long time. And I think it's absolutely no, I don't believe that, that there's, you know, coincidence, there is God incidences, right? Like this is yeah this conversation for this time because I really resonate with what you're saying. I believe that the Lord is really uh, reintroducing himself to us in greater ways. There's a reintroduction to his power, to his love, to his nature. And really, you and I say this all the time, don't we, that if we really don't believe who he is at the core, mm. like, of us and the revelation of his true nature and and what it says in the word of who he is then as i go through storms in life and seasons in life i am going to be shifted and moved by the climate of the season so if i'm in a good season i'm going to be happy full of joy and peace and i'll be great but as soon as the storm comes i'm not going to be so great because my roots aren't in the one the true revelation of the one who never changes. And I think it's, isn't it interesting that when the enemy, um, when the enemy came to Adam and Eve, like he was like, did God really say, you know, and, and that to me for so many years, as I've pondered that I'm like, not only was the word of God questioned, but the nature of God was questioned in that moment. And, uh, and I think that this story is so important in so many ways, but especially in what you just said, like that reintroduction to who he is and to his nature. And the fact that like, I don't read anywhere in here that actually says that Jacob was actually looking for God, right? Like yeah. it doesn't, I 
read anywhere here that says like yeah. Jacob was searching out for the Lord, like God came to him through a dream. Um, and so, again, that really speaks to me of that place of grace. And then from that place, like Jacob is is awakened to this like new reality, like, you know, like talk about a whole new world. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, and and I think even in this this encounter in this place of the revelation of the nature of God and the identity of God, um, I think there is a rest. Like, yes, Jacob goes on to wrestle with God, but I think every time we come into a place where we see him for who he is, we go deeper into that place of faith rest. You know, yeah. we go deeper, yeah. and from that place, then then what is birthed and what is built? If I believe He's good and He's kind and He is Yahweh and He's the Great I Am, from that place, then things are birthed and built. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it and it's it's an ascension too. Like you've been saying, this is the year of accelerated and ascension. And mm-hmm. I want to read, if I can, just the footnotes on, on verse uh, 12 here, because it says, and that this is a really important point, I think, to make, especially as we're starting and, and in what we're talking about, the Lord revealing himself. It says the steps of the stairway. So the Lord appeared and, and Jacob saw, he had a dream and he saw this stairway securely fixed on the earth, reaching into heaven. It says the steps of this stairway go up into the heavenly realm. Where we're going to mm-hmm. ascend here where our true riches are found. Each mm-hmm. step is a progressive revelation of God's purpose for our lives found in Jesus Christ. The stairway goes both ways, touching heaven and touching earth. Jesus Christ can be thought of as the stairway that reaches from earth, his human nature, to heaven, his heavenly nature. Jesus mm-hmm. spoke to Nathaniel using the same terminology. Jesus is the only valid entry into the spirit realm and the true way into the heavenly realm. By him, we ascend and leave our lower life. This Jesus ladder was filled with messengers ascending and descending. So then he goes on to ask, like, who are these messengers? And he wants to make note that that to notice that they ascend first. It does not say that they were descending and ascending, which would be true if they were only angels in heaven. So if you ascend first, you are leaving the earth to go to heaven. These messengers may be people or divine beings. If people listen to this, this is important. They are intercessors and promise claimers. Come on. The Uh. Hebrew word translated angel is malak, which can also be translated ambassador, deputy, messenger, or prophet. Hmm. So it's it's just basically going on to continue. And there's a lot more in there where it talks about um, the angels and the overseers of churches. But I wanted to sit with that for a little bit too, Lana, because you've been talking about this being the year of ascension with going mm-hmm. up. And before we even recorded this um, this episode, you mentioned the verse, I believe it's from Hebrews, where it talks about women reaching up into the heavenly realms and pulling down those promises. So mm-hmm. there is a place that we see here that the Lord is opening up permission and saying, Hey, come on up here, get what you need and come down, bring it down. Oh, every part of me wants to just jump up and down. Like <laughs> you just, 
Oh my goodness. Like, yes, yes, yes. And yes. Like I, what you just said, the Lord told me, yes, 2024, um, he said it was restoration and the redemption of time. He said to me that it was a, a year of ascension and he kept saying, come up here, come up here. And then he kept saying to me that it's a year of divine intel and, and intercession. And when I heard you speaking, like just then Courtney, like it just all flooded back to me because that I believe is, is what the Lord is speaking right now. Like there is this place where God is inviting us to ascend. It's that place where we spoke about in the uh, episode last week, you know, the place of even Colossians 3 verse 2 that says, set your mind on things of above. The Amplified says habitually, right? Continually set your mind on the things of above. I love what Brian said about the the promise claimers. Like this this year, I can't communicate it strongly enough how much I believe that God is causing us to ascend. It's from the place of rest. It's from the place of as I, I, I see him and, and I'm reintroduced afresh to who he is, I am ascending to receive the divine intel that the Lord is wanting to release to govern from the heavenly place and then to bring the transformation um, to earth in partnership with the Lord. And I think it's really interesting as well. Like, you know, I, I think this is going to be a year that we're going to see a lot of increase in angelic activity and angelic assistance on a whole other level. And I feel like there's this partnership that God is inviting us into in the ascension that is not only taking hold of the promise of what God has spoken and saying, this is going to be my great, this is my greatest reality. This is my truth. And by faith, I'm going to bring this, like I, I'm going to hold this and I'm going to stand on this and I'm going to continue to um, live in that place of faith rest until it becomes a reality and my, my circumstances, my situation shift. But Courtney, again, I hear this invitation into um, seeing as he sees and really living from our seat. Like I know that's not um, that's not said here, like that's not part of this story like um, in, in words, but I see this place of ascension from the place of rest coupled with that place of Ephesians 2, 6, where God is calling us up and out of uh, things that we've walked through to truly begin to school us in a greater way of what does it look like to govern with him and what does it look yeah. like to really live in that place of rest in my authority. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Oh. I I love that you said that about the angelic because that's really been something the Lord's been leaning on Um with me a lot lately as well. Um, and I had a, I had an encounter the other day and I could see, um, or the Lord told me that there were angelic beings that they were being released, but, but I could tell that they were coming in fresh. So they were refreshed. They had been with him <laughs> fully full <laughs> of everything yeah. they would need. Um, and he said that they were reinforcements, that they, they were not only being sent, but they have already arrived. Like they've been stationed. They're stationed yeah. where they're supposed to be. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, he said, it's not they're coming. It's that they've arrived. And he said that they're warriors, but they're full of joy. Um, 
Yes. And after a while, he, he kept showing me that their numbers um, were, were triple what was originally seen and known. Um, and that, that part of what they're bringing with them is they're bringing wisdom um, and mm -hmm. battle experience, but they're also bringing comfort. So, and they're yeah. here and they're close and they're ready. So I, I'm not, um, we're just going to share that and release that uh, for those that, that do encounter, um, that know what, what to do with it. I feel like there's going to be people listening that know exactly what to do with what I just said. <laughs> um, and they're also, he did also say that they're here to herald blessings, herald and blessings things with and supply and abundance um, that they're bringing reminders of blessings and promises that have been long held and they're not far off and it's particularly also around financial growth and blessing so there's a lot of, of different things that they're here for but they're here that was a very clear part of the message they're here I love that. I had a, an encounter recently. Um, I was in another state of Australia and I was walking down the street. And, uh, and as I was walking down the street, all of a sudden I looked and I saw all of these angels aligned on like they were on the curb of, of like both sides of the street. And the sense was like they were stationed and they were ready. And I said, Lord, what are they what are they what are they doing and he's like they're they're here and they're ready and they're waiting on my command and there was this such a strong sense of you know what it, like the lord has things in place and and these angelic hosts they were strong and they were gold and stately and they were waiting on the Lord's command to then go and to do the assignment of the Lord. And I, like I've told one other person about that, like, so it blows my mind. that like, it was we not had me. Yeah, and it wasn't Courtney. No. no. And um, so I'm like, this is so cool. Like, this is so the Lord. And I was thinking of that when you were sharing, Courtney, because I 100% resonate with what you just said. I really believe that that is, that is absolutely the Lord. And while you were sharing, I... Um, I, I just saw something flash in front of my eyes and I think it's in, oh, I should have looked it up. I think it's in 2 Kings 6, I think, off the top of my head. But it's where Elisha prays for his servant and his servant's eyes are opened and then sees all of the angelic hosts and the armies that are surrounding them and like, great, look how big the army is that are for us. And I felt like when you were sharing um, that the Lord was really highlighting this place of vision again and that he's really mm -hmm. going to this year be not only um, not, he's not only encouraging us that there are angels and they are stationed and they're here and they're they're ready for like the command of the Lord, but to really be expectant to see um, the angelic assistance that the Lord yes. has positioned into your life. Like I saw the coupling of that that the angelic assistance and vision coming together while you were speaking, Courtney. And I really think that um, this year we're going to begin to see with like heavenly vision and supernatural sight in a greater way that, yes, it may look like there's battle all around, but it's one moment of the Lord opening your eyes to see like the angels that are with you or, you know, entertaining angels unaware, like all of those things. Like I feel like as you shared, there, there's an increase of vision to see the assistance mm. that is already sent in place for us and that 
um, I heard the Lord say that the supernatural is going to become even more natural this year, mm-hmm. that where we have walked years of like feeling like we're contending. And I don't know about you, ladies, but some days I look around and I go, oh, my goodness, all I see is the opposite of what God has said screaming at me. Right. But I feel like <laughs> this year we're going to see greater supernatural uh, moves of his spirit and signs and wonders and heavenly sight to see those angelic beings um, that's really going to draw us into that place of ascension in a greater way that, oh, my goodness, like there are more for me here surrounding my home yeah. than, like, you know, the enemy that's trying to cause chaos in my living room. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And I, and I love, you know, I read it earlier when we were, when I first read through it and the footnotes here in verse 16, Brian Simmons writes, ordinary places can become holy places. So ordinary places can become holy places. And then right after that is when he writes, he builds a pillar from his pillow. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, supernatural becoming natural. There's a lot of times where I think we dismiss what we we think is just us or it's it's nothing and it and that's actually the prompt of the lord it's actually him pointing some things out or prompting you um um of his presence or or what he's doing and i've really felt lately too like within the last couple of weeks him just encouraging to practice he's just says courtney practice my presence so i'm standing there doing the dishes i'm just tuning in and i'm becoming aware okay lord i'm aware that you're around me I'm aware that you're within me and you're in this space. And I think that there's something so territorial about that in a way, when we become aware of who it is that's around us. Um, I remember when I was a young girl, I went to an Episcopal church when I was a little girl. And I remember our our uh, priest telling this story one time about um, I think it was this cross that they used to carry in the processional of all of the mm-hmm. like choir and, and priests and things like that, they would carry this cross and, and walk in. And then when the children would leave for children's church, they would carry the cross and they'd follow it. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was that. And he had to, something happened and he had to take it home. Uh, mm-hmm. And he kept it in his like dining room or living room. They kept it there. And he talked about the effect that it had in the atmosphere in his home. And it wasn't the cross itself. It wasn't the actual instrument that was doing anything. It was what it represented, that it represented to them, Jesus, the presence of Jesus. And he talked about what a shift it made in the way that they spoke to one another and the way that they showed up and the way that they they just lived their daily lives within the kitchen and dining room and all different, different things. And that, even as a young child, that spoke to me. And I remember you know, being a little kid and like drawing a cross on my hand. And like, that was my, that was my, but that was my sweet reminder of like, he's here. Um, Yeah. And that just, I love that because I love what we see at the get go of this story is a man becoming aware of the presence of God. Yes. And that starting, starting what that starts, that starts an entire shift of a man's all of it, his trajectory, the way that he behaves. I mean, just becoming aware of the Lord, becoming aware of his presence. So, um, yeah, I think that that's, I think that that's a good place to wrap for today because I don't, I don't know how much further you can go, um, without, you know, just diving even deeper into the story, but that's such a, 
that's what I mean. It's mm-hmm. such a weighty and a pivotal place to be, becoming aware of the presence of the Lord. Those ordinary places becoming holy places. Yes. I love that, my friend. And, you know, as I said before, I don't have the Passion Translation in front of mm-hmm. me, but when you were reading those footnotes, the one sentence I wrote down was ordinary places become holy places. <laughs> like it just it, it, it just hit me so strongly. And that book um, by uh, Brother Andrew, is it like um, Practicing the Presence of God? I read as a young girl and just completely wow. like, completely changed me um so I I totally I totally hear that like like that is so oh it's so on the Lord's heart and as we wrap up I just want to say Courtney as you were sharing um I I I felt like there could be some mothers that are listening and I kept hearing like this it was almost like a thought or maybe it was it's something you've prayed to the Lord, but just like, oh, you know, life is just as a mom at home, like I'm not doing anything like major, like I'm here just raising my kids and it's feeling very ordinary, like the, the laundry and the, oh, my gosh, the, the laundry. The laundry. <laughs> the resurrection power, it just never goes, just never stays dead. It was coming back to life. <laughs> but I just, I really felt like there, there were some that were listening that were just like, oh, you know, like I'm not out there doing all the, you know, I don't have a big platform or all of those things. But as you were sharing, Courtney, I just felt the Lord's heart so strongly to encourage um, those of you that are, are listening, whether you're a mother or um, you feel like, you know, life is just, oh, I'm not really doing much for the Lord. No, no, no. Like, look for him everywhere. Like, you are you are powerful today, who you are, uh, where your feet are placed because of the gift that you are, how he's created you, who you are and the Christ that's inside of you. And I felt this invitation from the Lord as you were sharing, Courtney, to as you look for him everywhere, expect those moments of encounter as you are playing with your kids and washing the dishes and folding the the big copious amount of laundry that never dies. Like look for him and expect him to speak to you and I just yeah I felt that weight when you were sharing Courtney that um wants to really invade those those moments some of my greatest encounters have been while I've played Hot Wheels that was gonna be my question I was gonna ask you I just you know just for fun like where where is the most I shouldn't say bizarre but where is the the most interesting place that you have ever uh, encountered God's? I mean, I, He's always with us. But she, I think you know what I'm talking about. What's? Can you think of a place where you were like, "This is bizarre," but I, <laughs> here we are, and here He is. Yeah. So, um, so there's two places. So one was a, a situation. The other one was. Um, an actual physical place. But um, I remember once many years ago, um, I was sitting asking the Lord for an answer to a particular prayer that I was praying and a question and I didn't hear anything. And I'm like, Lord, please, no, you didn't hear anything. So I got up and uh, and I thought, well, I'm going to go and uh, I'll just play with Elijah. At that point, I think I only had Elijah or maybe Judah was a little baby, but I only had two mm-hmm. kids. 
And uh, and I remember just being with Elijah and we're just playing and all of a sudden he just turns to me and looks at me and says one line and it was the answer to what I had been asking the Lord to do. So bizarre, out of the mouth of he was probably five, maybe six, no more than six at the time, like crazy, crazy like moment of like, oh, my gosh, like this is my son sitting in front of me, but I'm actually encountering the Lord right now. And to me back then I was like, this is so bizarre. Like at that point in my life I never would have expected it that way. Now I'm like always lit, like whenever my kids are talking, like they're like, Mum, you know, I I heard this. I'm like leaning in close. But back then I was like, oh, my goodness, this so surprised me. Um, But out of the mouths of babes, right, like he just, he gave me uh, the answer to my he did (laughs) and since then like I tell you what the Lord loves my kitchen like I'll be washing dishes or cooking dinner and I'm like oh I can hardly stand up right now because he's like downloading all of these these things like he's just talking to me and Lana guess what I'm you want to look at what I'm dreaming about today come into my heart let me show you something and I'm like I've got a brown mint while I'm listening like this is But it's just, yes. it's about um, like how often, Courtney, do we say like we're looking for him and we so are and we're, mm. we're, we're looking for him in every moment and that is wonderful and it's the place where our heart needs to be constantly positioned. But how cool is it to also be reminded that he's like, hey, I know you're a mama of four kids And I know you've got to cook dinner tonight and I know you desperately want to spend time with me and you want to hear what's on my heart. So, hey, surprise, here I am in the kitchen. Like he's always with (laughs) us, but you know what I mean? Like he's always with us. But, yeah, just those moments of And I just, you're absolutely right, Lana. And thank you so much for sharing that because that just gives permission, I think, to so many, so many people. Um, and, And as you were sharing that, especially when you were talking about playing with Elijah, I think about what a beautiful picture that is. That's such a foreshadowing of where the Lord brought you into, you know, home, family, mothering, encountering the prophetic through that space. Like, hello, like that's like neon, you know, flashing neon. Um, and, and I think too, cause there was a, a time of my life and I just want to say, I felt the Lord say to pay attention to where you are when those things happen physically just like oh, Jacob was paying attention to the pillow and the pillar and where he was at, pay attention to where you are when you encounter his spirit like that, because there was a season of time in my life where I was desperately needing the Lord and going through some heavy, heavy things. And the place where I would encounter him the most was my bathroom. And the majority of the time, my bathroom floor bathrooms represent cleansing and deliverance. And that was a huge, huge theme in my life. That was a huge thing of what he was doing there. If you're talking about your kitchen, what goes on in the kitchen, it's a time of preparation and of nourishment and of gathering together family. And that's massively like the theme of what he's doing in your life. Um, and for a while, for me, it's been my closet, you know, which is that secret place, the pulling away. It's also the place where you keep your clothing. It's the place of your identity where those things are revealed. So ordinary places carry within themselves the message that the Lord's giving to you by the place that he's positioning you when you encounter him like that. That's so, that is a thing 
So pay attention to it um, and ask him if you're not sure, ask him. And then there's just the random ones where I shouldn't say they're random, but <laughs> there was there was one time we were shopping for a new um, dining room table. So our stuff got destroyed in the tornado and uh, we had looked all over, couldn't find anything with like real wood. Everything was like plywood and, and Scott and I were like, this just feels cheap and it's going to break in a year, especially with four kids, like six months tops, you know, you know, missing table legs and stuff. So he said to me, excuse me, he said, let's go to the Amish, the Amish furniture store. This is literally called the Amish furniture store. And he's like, let's look there because I know that we can find something that's solid wood of good quality mm -hmm. i kid you not i got like halfway into the store and i'm standing there by one of these type table and chairs and the spirit of the lord hits me so hard i'm holding on to a chair and i'm like lord i can't go down here i can't go like back it up <laughs> back it up terry i just need a second you know um and it was just one of those things and he spoke to me a word about about the amish and the things that he's going to be doing but that was one of those ones where i was like this is weird. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, you know, hang on for dear life, Lord. But pay attention. That's all I, that's all that to say. Pay attention to where you are when those things happen. Because there's also a message in that. I love it, my friend. And I love the way that you pay attention. You are so present to look for um, those moments with him. And I love that. I love it. I love that like when you share sometimes I am and then other times he has to whack me like three or four times before I'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> I get it <laughs> but thank you oh my goodness he is he is very kind he's wonderful in in all of his ways oh lovely ladies another wonderful wonderful time together we just love sitting with you in this space. So thank you for joining us. And uh, we're so excited to continue in this story and, uh, and see what the Lord continues to unfold and draw us into. But this is definitely, I believe, a story um, and uh, just a treasure chest of revelation that the Lord is really breathing upon now as we continue to journey uh, into 2024 and into um yeah this new era so bless you thanks again for being with us and we will see you next week bye hello lovely ladies it's courtney from zion's company of women podcast and i want to thank you for all of your incredible support if you've been blessed by the podcast and you'd like to see more content like this please consider donating to support the zion's company of women ministry team your donations make what we do here on the podcast a possibility just click the link in the podcast description for a variety of ways to donate, or you can donate via our webpage at zionscompanyofwomen.com. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events, as well as our brand new launch of Scribes of Zion and Zion's Company of Mothers. Thank you for all of your incredible support, and as always, God bless you.